know, listen, Matt, when I talk about like a cozy afternoon, mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is a, a, a rainy day in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, a comfy sweater, uh, a, a gorgeous haircut, shaggy, uh, haircut. beautiful frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Brian Gallivan, um, majored in cozy afternoons yes. at a place that we'll we'll get into in greater detail later the living um, embodiment of cozy yeah i'm actually going to get a picture we're going to we don't often do this but i'm going to get a picture of the zoom because this sweater is just too damn good uh brian gallivan hi folks brian gallivan welcome thank you how are you long last yeah i'm very excited to be here big fans of both of you Thank you so oh, much. Please. Um, can you just walk us through your cozy uh, rainy day in Los Angeles so far from minute one? And by the way, no detail is too small. I'd love every morning ritual, every product, everything. Wow. Okay. Um, I woke up being bullied by my dog um, who was sleeping in the bed and had pushed me to the very edge of it. So her weight was against me, which I love. She's the best. But I really was fighting to stay on that bed. And then my alarm went off um, because I was going to work out, going to brag a lot. Um, And so I I was like creeping out of the room and, and then realized my partner, Mike, wasn't able to sleep and had gotten up in the middle of the night and moved to the guest room. So she came running after me and then I was in a panic, like, what do I do? How do I not disturb him? Cause it was like 6am cause he's already had trouble sleeping. And then my solution was to just throw the dog into the room with him and close the door behind her, which felt There's like a... not the best solution. Yeah. Um, almost seems like you, you were punishing both of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was bad. And then I went to make coffee and left my phone in a bathroom near there and then didn't realize the phone was on snooze. And so my alarm went off for a long time. Oh, boy. So I I was not a good partner. But I have other strengths. Sure. Well, we'll we'll get to those. It was uh, it it rained overnight in Los Angeles. Took us all by surprise. Not only was it not in the forecast, I opened my weather app and it said that it wasn't happening when it was. It's yeah, uh, it absolutely came out of nowhere, but I love it. Yeah, it's so um, nice. Brian, are you uh, beset by uh, mosquitoes as we are here in the valley? We have some. I'm in Laurel Canyon. We've got some on our patio when it's yep. warm, and they bite Mike, but they don't bite me. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. I have one in my office, so I, I say that oh. by way of explaining why I might appear to uh freak out um, okay. let's and, catch and him let's start, catch him during yeah, this interview just slapping yeah. at the air uh brian okay so in in recent weeks brian mm-hmm. we have had uh a couple of guests uh who uh went to nyu uh some some with matt mcconkey some at different times than matt mcconkey um but what i hear about uh new york university is that it is a place where um you know, where gay men rule the roost and where uh, drag queens are the big men on campus. Brian, you and I um, (laughs) went to the College of the Holy Cross. Thank you for using the full extended Mm -hmm. name. 
Mm-hmm. Similar mix. experience? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, how would you answer that question, Frank? Oh, my God. Uh, first of all, I have to say, my high school graduation was broadcast on our local like cable access channel. And wow. so my brother recorded it. And when they would say your name, and if you're going to college, they would say where you were going. Mm-hmm. And they were like, he will be attending the College of the Holy Cross, which everyone just calls it Holy Cross. But I mm-hmm. literally did an eye roll on camera. <laughs> like I went like, oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny. I just read Dave's book um, this week, which is amazing. If you haven't Thank read it. Thank you. And party of One. Yes, Party of One. And I might be biased because we did go to the same college. I think we talked once. And did you live in Healy your freshman yeah. year? Yeah, we lived on the same hall. Same hall, but like different ends of it. And I was a junior. Yeah. That's so crazy to me. And we never met. Yeah. No, we never did. What year did you graduate? I graduated 91. Okay. Okay. And I have a younger sister who graduated 93, which is- Oh, wait. um, Patricia or Trisha Gallivan. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. How did I not put that together? (laughs) Yeah. Trisha Gallivan? She's a great gal. Oh, she is great. Um. That was fun to go to college with my sister because we're very close. But yeah, it was not. I have an older brother who went to Wesleyan, but he's a real jock and he played basketball. So didn't quite fit in at Wesleyan. And I was like, I should have tried to go to like a Wesleyan or a. Yeah, I think about that all the time. The same experience you describe in your book where I went to visit on like a beautiful spring weekend and the campus Mm -hmm. is beautiful and everyone's just playing Frisbee and waving and. Yeah. And you're like, this is the place. This is it. This is the life. I I did also, my brother went to Providence and I visited there and they had gang showers in the boys dorms, just like a room with spigots coming out of the wall. Those are called gang showers. (laughs) I've heard it described that way. I think it refers to like army stuff or something. Sure. I noticed that Healy had like, or the dorms had like individual shower cells with a curtain. And I was like, I, I can get through I can get through it here. That's yeah. big. Yes. Very important. God, that's that's barbaric. Yeah. Gang shower. Yeah. For an 18-year-old. God in heaven. Horrific. Yeah. So Holy Cross was a, a place with um a gay community that uh did not exist. <laughs> none. None. Literally and none. None. No one was out. But but when I look back and remember people, I'm like, oh, like freshman year, there were like six gay guys on my half of the hallway. Yeah. If I really think about it, I'm like, oh, he was gay. He was gay. He was gay. I was gay. Yeah. But yeah, when you're there, nobody. In the years since, yeah, a a few more have uh, have come out, but like still not a ton. And it just you wouldn't and couldn't do it there because no. everybody knew everybody's business and you know yeah it was um, yeah. yeah well it's yeah. funny though when i showed up there was a guy who i was friends with on my floor who was stunning like just beautiful and he was like liked cool music and played guitar and like was an artist and i was like oh i'm in love with him yeah. and it was such a strong feeling that i was like yeah i'm in love with him and I was like dealing with it. And, and then you're friends and you get to know each other too well. And you're like, oh, no. Like any yeah. friend you just sort of hang out with. And he was straight, of course. Healthy, healthy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and but by the end of college, 
some guys you went to or one of like you went to high school with Brian Gunn or knew Brian yeah. Gunn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They they did a sketch show my senior year, Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn and mm -hmm. Beth Gunn. Yeah. Uh and Epstein's mother. Yes, Epstein's yeah. mother. I forgot the name of it. Yeah. And uh, a gal named Regina McHugh, who my family, yeah. like my parents knew her Zilla. parents. Yeah. And it was so they there was another group on campus called the Crusaders. Were you in that? Yes, I was a Crusaders. Yeah. Okay. I was not. And I wasn't doing any comedy or acting really. And I was like, why has no one asked me to be in the Crusaders when I'd made it known yeah. to no one that that's what <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do? Yeah, they should have known. They should have. They known should have it. seen it in yeah. me. And then yes. my my friend um, Tim Paul. Do you know Tim Paul, mm -hmm, who went course. to Holy Cross? Mm -hmm. He, when I first met him, I was teaching him improv in Boston, and he's like, "Oh, I went to Holy Cross." And he's like, "Were you in the Crusaders?" And I was like, "No, don't bring it up." <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, sore <laughs> and, subject. But this Epstein's mother that the guns were doing was so much better, and it like was. it was satirical, and they had a. A sketch where they did a sketch like a talk show called fags and it was oh, about like it was that. a very like i think brian gunn played a very effeminate host who was just like we hate fags let's talk about how much we hate fags but it was so and they had like a, a butch guy being like i hate fag and then they end up making out but it was like clear mm -hmm. they were making fun of people who were homophobic and i was like yeah. this is groundbreaking like there are people yeah. here who don't just automatically hate gay people like they are on the right side of it yeah and, and then brief briefly i was like in love with brian gunn and i was like well i don't care i'll come out tomorrow if he'll go out with me because he was so mm -hmm. funny and and of course straight so straight healthy um but anyway it was funny yeah. at the very beginning and end of college i was like dealing with it but then in the middle it was like nope I'll so, run track. I'll run track until this down. feeling goes away. Push it down. It's the Catholic way. Yeah. Um, yeah. God almighty. So much to get into. I mean, it was <laughs> that, you know, that social world was so unbelievably homogeneous and yeah. like, not like wildly openly homophobic, no. just kind of the homophobic that the world was. Yeah. You know, um, and so small and like the grapevine was so well lubricated that like yes. you knew just everything about everybody. Um, it's it's a it's just a it's a weird choice on my part and one that I'm <laughs> that I still can't make heads or tails of. Yeah. Um, I've kept in touch with a few people, um, almost none of the people I was close friends with, but a, a couple of them and then a handful of other people who I sort of knew because, you know, everybody. Right? Yeah. And like the consensus is just like we robbed ourselves of a great experience Not because we were surrounded by great people, but we were so repressed yeah. and so fearful of standing out in any way that like the shit that made us interesting and that, you know, that is good about us. We just absolutely pushed down. Yeah. And like it could it had we had slightly more self-knowledge we could have had a wonderful time. And instead, yes. we just sort of went to a lot of parties. Uh, yeah. I, I was talking to friends recently. I was like, oh, I'd love to relive it and make yeah. different choices. Even like, I, I don't know. It, but And I do have great friends. Like this summer, we had a little mini reunion of some people I keep in touch with. And it was yeah. lovely. It was so great. But And I love those friends. And one of them mm -hmm. actually, after college, she was working at the Harvard Library. I was like temping or something. And we met for lunch. 
and I made a homophobic joke, mm-hmm. not healthy. And mm-hmm. she was like, eh, I don't really care if anyone's gay. Like she said a very pro gay thing. And then immediately I was like, why didn't anyone say this in college? Like yeah. it just suddenly was like the minute we got out of college, it felt like, oh, no, no, we're yeah, we get it. Some people are gay. But the yeah. four years you're there, everyone's like, no, no one is not gonna work yeah it's uh, i was just on campus a couple months ago oh. i was i uh, uh we went to a wedding in boston it happened to have been homecoming weekend and so i said let's rent a car let's drive out to worcester wow. let's see what it's all about brian gallivan there was an lgbtq <laughs> alumni tailgate oh my god this yeah. is amazing it was amazing it, was it like three guys and then every ra who yeah. like, had to do it uh yeah. yes yes it was go but, say hi to them Yes. Um, but it happened. And that's like, it, that's massive. It, it And reading your book, it sounds like you started like getting the gay group going. I was, I was going to say steps. that it is because of me. It is, it is. Uh, it <laughs> I think it still is named after you now. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Come is. on Holmes. Yeah. It's called come on Holmes. <laughs> uh, it's funny though. I went back uh, when I was doing those sassy gay friend videos, we booked a show at Holy Cross or they reached out like the gay organization was like, hey, will you because I was doing shows at like I did one at UCLA and like weirdly in Arkansas and like just was trying to make some money. And I said, great, let's do Holy Cross. And it was the most conservative response to the show. Like the sh- the show played well, but they would almost gasp before they would laugh if it was edgy at all. And then my friend Christine was helping me. She was performing some of the parts. And the kid in charge of the gay organization was like, hey, a couple of things, because we're a Jesuit institution. Uh, no jokes about like priests fooling around with kids or anything about contraception. Oh, God. And we were like, what? And yeah. Christine, Christine was like, so abortions on the table or uh, it yeah. was very strange. Wow. Wow. Yeah. still yeah i can't i can't imagine like you know anyway it was it was nice to see it it felt yeah. it felt like you know um running into an ex and getting a certain degree of closure yeah good good um and of course the campus is still beautiful I, there's a tragic 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 story uh cape week okay we'll stop the holy cross talk in like two minutes i swear to god but cape week like maybe my junior year does matt need to know what cape week is or hc okay. by the sea HC by the sea. I forgot we called it that. The whole campus moves after spring finals moves to Cape Cod. It's like the week before high season begins there. So like houses are really cheap. Everyone goes there for a week and, and, you know, goes bananas and then goes back to their homes for the summertime. Mm-hmm. And I think it was junior year. I was in uh, like a soccer house. I had a couple of good friends on the soccer team and it was odd. their house. It was incredibly odd. <laughs> and, uh, and I was dating somebody at the time. I was dating a, a med student from, from Boston and he took me out to Provincetown. Um, but of course, of course we couldn't tell anybody. I think I said he was like my cousin or something, but he had to like call the house to arrange <laughs> pickup. And he did. And one of the soccer players answered. And this is one of the ones I wasn't friends with. And also the hottest one by a mile. Um, Answer the phone. Uh, and this guy, Paul, was like, hey, is Dave there? And, uh, and he was like, well, he's got a dick in his mouth right now. Let me see if I can find him. Like the one really the openly homophobic thing that anyone said near wow. my face. Yeah. Um, which freaked me out and, you know, whatever. And that made it made me very tense. Um, he was there. 
uh, at the uh, tailgate. And I was like, I had heard that he was going to be there. And I was like, I hope this dude gained 80 pounds and, you know, (laughs) whatever. And is like, it bald and whatever. Uh, I bumped into him. He is 10 times hotter now. And and of course, like straight and married and nice. And like, God damn it. Soccer players never lose it. No, they, they don't. Keep it for do life. They, they keep don't. it for life. I they there don't. was a guy. I did you know Kevin Healy at Holy Cross? Sounds familiar. Um, he was my year, and we met at a gay bar in Boston in Cambridge. Uh, yeah, there was a bar that would play like indie or alternative music. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't just want gay music. Now it's mm-hmm. all I want every day. But I was <laughs> I I love like alternative indie music. So I forget the the name of it it was in cambridge but i saw him there and i was like oh my god there's another gay guy yeah and we just had fun catching up and then he revealed he lived with like the hottest guy in our class like shared a room the rooms were so tiny i'm like no no that would be like too difficult to like yeah be with that attractive of a gentleman yeah there was a lot of that there was a lot of that it was a fucking minefield exactly of, my type every yeah day. yes yes they're just preppy and one of the football players got super drunk lived next door to me in healy the year you, mm-hmm. we lived on the same hall yeah and he went to the bathroom came back went into our room by mistake and we we're in bunk beds and got into bed with me what and was i woke up and there was a gentleman in my bed first time in my life mm-hmm. and i was like um scott i think you're in the wrong room wrong bed wrong room it was did so he bizarre. wait wake up apologize stumble out uh he came and then no i'm kidding um <laughs> he he just sort of stumbled out i don't think he even remembered it like i never mm. spoke to him about it after mm. could it have been but, intentional deep down yes yes probably probably was probably yeah. was. another act of repression yeah, and I I want to hear more about other times that men crawled into your bed. Um, Thank you. But first, I'd love to just bring us into the present to um, bring us to a topic Dave and I have been meaning to discuss, and I believe you might have some valuable input here, which is pickleball. Am I yes. correct? You yes. play. Mike plays. I play. Both? I've played a few times. Mike is okay. obsessed with it. Okay. And okay. Mike, you, so Blair Beacon is a friend. Is, is, is yes. a friend. She's essentially my pickleball mentor. She's going to be on the show pretty soon. Oh, great! And she, uh, I think I saw her one day after she had either played with both of you or maybe just with Mike. Yeah, they play a lot. They played at eight a.m. yesterday. The open play somewhere. Oh. Um, I'm going to have to know. So where. He is he on her level? Yeah, they're. I think okay. they so are they're equally very good. good. They play like four times a week or something and i played i loved it and um but my knees were creaking um and I, I i did run track all through high school and college and at holy cross it was like just running go run eight miles on the pavement of worcester yeah. and i th- i think yeah. my knees are like no you if you would if you'd come out earlier you would have stopped <laughs> running and our yeah. knees, knees would be good but they're not yeah mm-hmm. but um they're also like writing a thing about pickleball blair and mike like that's only um, somebody time, needs right? to yeah yeah there's a magazine stephen colbert is on the cover of like oh, yes. pickleball magazine um uh, i played for the first time a couple of weekends ago and immediately fell in love with it went out bought a racket got some balls last weekend met a friend in burbank um yes that was on a sunday morning 
So um, this is a, a court that he goes to in, mm-hmm. in during the weekdays because it's near his kid's school and whatever. And uh, so Sunday, turns out that's when like the the sharks come out. Yeah, yeah. So we like, you know, we ended up playing against, you know, Kathy, who's 65 years old and like made a point of saying, I play at the competitive level. No. Which I was like, oh, God damn it. Oh, no, Kathy. And it was all like people pretending not to be like that, but being 100% like that. Yes. And I couldn't relax and like, you know, I'm still kind of trying to get the basics and stuff. So I want I want to bat it around a little bit if you're ever down for that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it's fun just like, but it's it becomes clear pretty quickly when people are like, I'm too good. I don't want to play with you. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, it, it's, it, it is a, a delicate uh, thing in my friendship with Blair because I don't want to ask too much from her because I know she wants to say yes as a friend, mm-hmm. but needs to say no as a pickleball oh. player because it's you you know you only get better by playing with people on your level or, or better. Yeah. And again, right. she's literally when we play together, she's literally giving me lessons. And oh, you know, Matt, at a certain I, point, she's got to be challenged. Let's go out and I mean, let's do this together. Let's find a fourth. I'm ready. I mean, here's the thing. It's also impossible to get a court. You can go to these open plays, but that's where the Blairs and the Mikes are playing and it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Apparently this place in Burbank on a weekday morning is uh, older guys who are good, but are not uh, uh, psychopaths about it. (laughs) Mike, one time Mike played with an older guy who he found out had created sister, sister. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> that Which, is the reaction every wow. gay man gives to that fact. They all wow. it's all like, oh, like, oh yeah. That's Jack something. A. Harry. He's got Jack yes. A. Harry in his yes. phone, probably. Yes. And oh, how was his wow. game? How were his knees? Um great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He can't he do was you, straight. Um, do you find that like I was like okay playing when I was learning? And then if I'm around people who are very good and very serious, the self-consciousness makes me terrible. And then I just shut down and I don't like my limbs. I don't know what they're doing. I'm here solely to promote Dave's book, Party of One. Mm -hmm. Um, Your story about like playing first grade baseball and like Mm -hmm. the um, all of those tales, like all that stuff starts to come back when you're like, I'm not keeping up. I'm not keeping up, you know? Yeah. Even yeah. in, I was in a gay kickball league with Mike and a bunch of our friends. It should have just been fun a few years ago. And it mostly was, but then I was in the outfield and I didn't always oh, catch shit. every pop up, oh, you guys. God. And it was triggering. Oh. But it were you the only one being hard on yourself or did anybody? No, everyone was. Yeah, we're all gay. Yeah. So it'd be like, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. God damn it. I don't deserve so, to suck. No, but I mean, was anyone else yelling at you for missing oh, the ball or treating you the way you were treating no, yourself? No. Blair was the captain, so there was some intimidation. Okay, you know, well, like she, she doesn't fuck around. If she puts you high in that kicking order, you better get on base, honey, oh, or you're God. gonna you're gonna drop down to like eighth. I um, mean, why? I, I I feel I am fine as long as I'm mostly surrounded by women, even if it's someone like a Blair who's ready to yeah. go pro. I took a couple lessons from um, a like, I don't know, 27 year old straight guy. And he immediately wanted to talk showbiz and was like, what, what kind of writing did you do? I looked you up. Did you write on the show? And I'm just like, oh, I'm not, I, no, I'm a piece of shit. I, I, I don't work. I don't like, I'm just trying to be like, 
I got nothing for you, kid. Like, don't come barking up this tree if you're looking for connections. You fucking pickleball instructor. And at one point he was like, I've got a pickleball pilot. And my manager is shopping around. I'm like, oh God. And then later on, he's like, yeah, I, um, I wrote a movie uh, that got made actually. It's coming out on Friday if you want to check. I was like, oh God, I'm, wow, I'm, a, I'm the piece of shit. I was uh, here thinking that you wanted something for me. And it turns out my pickleball instructor is way, but anyway, it, it, the, the, just the straight guy energy, I was just shutting down over and over again, yes, getting yeah. worse and worse and worse. Um, can we go back to your coming out journey? Did, were you out of Holy Cross entirely before you uh, yeah. ripped off the Band-Aid? I, yeah. By the end, though, I really, that show, I swear to God, that sketch show really made me just go like, I went home for spring break right after seeing it and just like said it out loud to myself in my home like i'm gay like i was in the basement of my parents house mm-hmm. doing laundry or something um so that was like the beginning and then i almost like dared to flirt with a couple of guys the last few months of college but mm. they were all straight mm-hmm. of cures and a little bit of a pattern yeah yes for way <laughs> too long i don't mike might be straight i don't know but anyway um so then I was sort of like thinking about it. And then my first year after college, I lived with two friends from Holy Cross, three friends from Holy Cross and, and another guy in a house in Somerville. And I worked as a um, PR intern for high tech magazines. Has mm-hmm. everyone fallen asleep? Uh, it was, I was not qualified. To, your story is about adverti- the world of advertising, Dave. Also, I'm sorry to keep talking about Holy Cross, but I went to like career counseling there and I was like, yeah, this may sound weird, but I love following like which movies do well. And the, I also follow the billboard charts to this uh-huh. day, historically. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I follow like the TV ratings and like, yeah. And whoever it was just looked at me and went, um, you can do advertising. They were, they weren't like, <laughs> oh, you should look into that or like, yeah, or that they were just like advertising, which, yeah. but I, I, you know, I had some interview and did not sell myself as an ad man. But wow. um, when I was living with those guys, like they were like musicians and like had a band. And so they were uh-huh. like indie and good people for me to be like living with as I explored like they were like let's go see my own private Idaho this new movie that's coming out and I was like yeah they're gonna go and see that like in public? publicly like it, it and I was it was so exciting to me and one of them had a friend who was very butch and like we all were out for drinks and they were like oh yeah he's gay and I was like duh, duh, duh. what <laughs> like we're having drinks with a gay person none of you care like why, why didn't I know this and um, I ended up like pressing my leg against the guy's leg under the table at whatever mm-hmm. bar, but he didn't take the bait. Well, he didn't press maneuver back. that did not work out. Yeah, yeah. And so then I was like thinking about it that reading, like buying books, seeing movies, renting movies, like whatever that had gay stuff and my beautiful laundrette and all these things. Is that what it's called? Uh huh. And, but then my sister was living in Ireland. I applied to grad school a bunch of grad schools to get a master's in English. And I was like, 
okay. And I was temping. And she said, why don't you come live in Dublin with me? Um, she had gone to Trinity for grad school and then was working there. You, you can just kill time, like you can wait tables or something. And she got her Irish citizenship through our grandfather. And so she just gave me all the papers and I did it too. So I'm a dual citizen. Oh. I have my Irish citizenship, which God, is nice. Bless. She she has the passport. I haven't done that extra step yet. But um, so I went over there and I was part of a part of me is like she was working and uh, traveling every week. So I almost had my own apartment in Dublin Monday to Friday. I was like, I'm going to explore this and uh, I won't know anyone here. It'll be easier. And I ended up waiting tables and all the waiters were gay. I didn't know it at first. I was like, they're European. Are they gay? I can't tell. But one of them, he and I quickly started dating. It was my first boyfriend. It was lovely. It was just like I was living in Europe, like waiting tables, going out. Like the first, he was like, do you want to go out to this bar with us after work? I said, sure. We weren't dating yet. And he was like, we might go to a, a gay bar, Brian. Are you okay with that? And I was like, um, sure. Yeah. Like played it so cool. And then we went and then we couldn't get in. It was like too long a line or something. So we went to a different disco as they called it. And then I was like, so do you go to that uh, gay bar a lot? Like um, trying to casually talk about it. He's like, Brian, I'm gay. And I went like, so am I like first time I'd ever said it to a person. And then like, I had a bottle of Budweiser. Thank you. Holy cross uh -huh. in Europe. I'm drinking a bottle of Budweiser, not a Guinness, <laughs> whatever, but I chugged the Budweiser after saying it. And, um, and then it was sort of from there we were dating. And after the minute we like were together, I was like, Oh, I've wasted so much time. Like yeah. I've, and I was 24. <laughs> But I was like, mm -hmm. I've wasted time. You're ancient. This is so uh, lovely. Like, what, what? I don't care what anyone thinks. And of course I did. But the, the actuality less. of it made it be like, oh, this is good. Yeah. How long until you um, broke loose to your family? I think I told my sister, like, when I got my younger sister, when I got home that summer, um, and she had been through the holy cross ringer herself she's like i get it. great good for you like supportive and then over the next two years eventually told my older sister my parents then my brothers i have three older brothers mm -hmm. um which i was thinking about that uh in your book dave when you talk about your two older brothers and there is science saying the more older brothers you have Mm -hmm. the more likely you are to be gay and my mm -hmm. health teacher i went to the school roxbury latin in boston just for seventh and eighth grade but it's a very fancy private school that sounds a lot like the one you went to mm -hmm. but the teachers are all pretty hip and probably right. liberal and the health teacher brought up this science and i was like why are you doing this to me yeah. like yeah. so yeah. so he says this fact and i just went and i've actually tried to put this into something i'm writing now but i was like well, not me. Like, yeah. and everyone turned to me like, we weren't thinking about you. But we now, actually don't know anything now about you. Now all of us are. are like, oh, right. He has three brothers and he's putting on a deep voice. He, he probably is gay. <laughs> uh, I've lost my place. Where did I my start My high school, uh, like, good friend and super crush also had two older brothers. 
so I remember reading that in high school and being like, could it be? It this is a was good not, sign. It is not. Yeah. Yeah. You were you were saying that you 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 saved your brothers till last. Oh yeah. I was really nervous. But actually, all of their reactions, like my family, helped me when I pitched a TV show about like a gay guy living in a big Boston family. And it was I just told the actual stuff that happened. Like one of my brothers had just had twins and they had like two one-year-olds crawling all over them he and his wife and and they had like not they weren't really ready to have kids and they just had these twins and so i said i'm gay and um my brother said sometimes i wish i was gay <laughs> and his wife went i wish you were every day of my life and they were just like <laughs> dealing with their own stuff you know like they didn't mm. care and then my most sort of boston brother was like when you said you had to talk to me about something important, I knew you were going to either tell me you're gay or you're going to ask to borrow money. And I was praying you'd show up in a pink potty dress because I don't have any money to give you. I was like, <laughs> okay, great. The, the show you, opportunities here, but that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. a start. Yeah. The show you mentioned is, of course, the McCarthy's, uh, which was on CBS in 2015, I believe, and taken from us uh, far too yes. soon. But no. it was obviously super autobot. And um, you had Laurie Metcalf essentially playing your mom. Yes. I mean, you yeah. did live out a, a, a gay dream of dreams. That was very exciting. But what were the conversations like with your family when you knew you were going to put this super autobiographical story on the air, like while you were creating it, while it was in production. Oh yeah. How they many were, notes did they have? They were all in. I mean, they had, no, it was a multi-cam and one of my brothers after the first one goes, I don't think you need the audience. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Great. I'll let them know. We'll get rid of it. Uh, yeah, they were, they mostly just loved it. Like they just had a great time watching it, bragging about it. They'll brag about it now. People are like, I, I don't mean, know what you're talking about. And they're like, it was on. You can look it up. Um, oh, it's a lot to brag about. I brag about, about it just because I know the person who created it. I mean, oh, please. That's nice. It, I mean, we did get it back two episodes. That's, yeah. uh, please, that's more than many shows will ever yeah. get. I, I think all of us out here in Los Angeles are like, it's so easy to view everything as a failure like mm -hmm. oh it didn't get renewed or oh some people didn't like it or whatever so it's kind of nice to have my family who's like we watched it again this week like oh. i mean like two weeks ago oh so you're like oh well they, it was a hit with them so that's, yeah that's and nice. you're so right it is hard to not well not only not interpret things as failures but it's also very easy to disregard the wins downplay yeah. the wins and getting a, a like a gay family sitcom on cbs in 20 well it was like a, a triumph in oh, thank you a lot of ways and you've obviously gone on to like work on a ton of other cool shows and i'm i know you're not like dwelling in the past but i gotta imagine this one holds a very special place in your heart i i think you just reframed it so now it does <laughs> i'm half joking but like i was like oh yeah there aren't a lot of gay characters on tv but then a part of you is like like poor billy eichner is like well i failed even though i love that movie so much i had a great time 
And then suddenly, like within two days, everyone's like, it's a huge failure. Yeah. So you, I think a part of you is like, oh, I made a gay thing. That's good. But it wasn't a hugely successful gay thing. So I've hurt the cause for gay entertainment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. You put wait till this episode comes out and uh, yeah. the demands start rolling in for a reboot. And yes. This could be a, the groundswell. Yeah. What else have you watched, uh, listened to? You mentioned this uh, this week in Billboard magazine history. Taylor Swift has the top ten mm-hmm. songs, mm-hmm. Um, which is strange. Yeah. The, the charts are absolute chaos <laughs> yes. and have been for years. Uh, what are your thoughts on Midnight's? Well, I loved Folklore, and I think I loved Evermore even more. Yeah. Um, than folklore I really got into the, the that was the first time I ever listened to Taylor as an album artist I I wasn't a huge Taylor head I liked some of her songs here and there uh, for sure but um, I really got into those two albums and Mike and I and our dog took a two and a half month road trip during the pandemic where we went all the way to Cape Cod stopped in Chicago saw his family in the Midwest like hung out at different places for a couple of weeks here and there but almost every morning when we were doing a long day of driving, we would play folklore first because it's just sort of like chill. And um, it's why I knit this sweater. Um, Mm -hmm. Did not knit this sweater. Um, But Midnight, I had a harder time with, but now I found like my 12 songs out of the 20 of the 3 a.m. version that I enjoy. Okay. But it took me a little longer to get on board. Gotcha. But I like Antihero as a first single because I didn't love Cardigan or Willow. They were kind of my least faves on those albums. Hmm. You didn't think I'd have such an answer, but man, I was hoping that you would. I was hoping that you would. What else do you, what what are you ahead for? Um, Your book. um, Thank you. Thank you so much. For for anything like music TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're finishing up Dairy Girls, which I love mm-hmm. um, because that is like sort of the time period when I lived in Ireland. I was there in 93 and then I went, I was, became a middle school teacher for a while. And so one summer I went, just went back for a whole summer because my Holy Cross roommate was living there and working there and I could stay with him. And I waited tables again at the same place. And um, so Dairy Girls takes place in that sort of nineties um, yeah. time period. And just I love anything like Catholic, Protestant, um, Catholics. I mean, whatever. We have so many issues, but like uh, Tim Paul said to me once after some party with a bunch of gay guys, like a lot of Protestants in that gang, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what can you do? It's like so, <laughs> so problematic. But we're like, yeah, they're just not as fun as Catholics. Now, Matt, you're not Protestant, are you? Uh, I guess not, well, I'm not. I'm nothing. I mean, I was raised atheist, basically. Although excellent biological, uh, my my I was I wasn't raised by my birth parents, but they are both Catholic, so okay. it's in my blood. Um, and I, I assume you're still quite Catholic. Me, practicing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you are incorrect. <laughs> uh, I I worship at. There's something that sort of had become my church and I already forget kickball was my church for a while. Mm. Um, no, yeah, I'm not into it. Um, 
it's a i know some people can get a lot of joy out of it but i every every now and then i say to my sister i don't want if i die tomorrow i don't want a funeral in a catholic church yeah yeah How, what's your family's relationship with the church my dad kind of gave up on it and i don't yeah. know if the gay thing had anything to do with it like me being gay or uh -huh. when i came out my mom was like talking about growing up in the her era and like how you believed everything the priest said and like you would be struck by lightning if you did anything before marriage and then all that spotlight stuff had come out like um in the globe and so she was like and then i realized these priests are all doing whatever they want but i think so she's it's a mix of anger and she still likes to go to church yeah. i think she gets comfort out of it so she goes my older sister goes but the other five siblings do not. Um, what were your dating experiences like other than like we had the Irish boyfriend uh, before you met Mike? Was there an especially slutty period? You know, was there an epic heartbreak? What was going on? Um, it's funny. I would have a boyfriend like every seven years. It was wow. like, like I four, seven years. No, for like, okay. like the first Irish guy, like I had to move back to go to grad school. It was a time before email, before texting, before, you know, um, that must've been a fraught goodbye. Yeah. Well, I think I was like, this was so fun. Can't wait to see all those other gay guys I'm going <laughs> to yeah, meet. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> Oh God. And like, I went to UNH for grad school and there was a gay men support group, but it was also like weird and like people were just sort of scoping each other out and like dated a couple of guys from that group, guy from the undergrad acapella group. Uh-oh. Yeah. Which was called The Gentleman, but he wasn't. Uh -oh. <laughs> Sorry, Samantha Jones here. Um, yeah, so I was very bad at dating and hung out with straight people a lot. A lot of your stuff in your book, Dave, reminded me of that. Mm -hmm. And and then I did work at Club Cafe, which is a gay restaurant and bar in Boston for years um, while I was a teacher. So I would like mm. teach at a Catholic school with nuns and then go work at a gay bar on the weekends. And, and that helped me meet more gay people, more gay friends. And but I think I was like 31, I was 24 and then 31 had a real like year long relationship. Mm -hmm. And then there was someone, and then really like Mike, I met in Chicago, but I'm 12 years older. When we met, he was 24 and I was 36 and it just seemed like too big a difference at that time. But yeah. we ended up being friends and we had a little friend group. And then eventually we dated for a couple of years and then I, we dated in Chicago for a year. I came to LA. We dated long distance for a year and then broke up because that's hard to do. And I was flailing and failing in LA and just couldn't, like, wasn't at my best. Uh, and then, so for five years out here, I was dating and that was kind of wild and not, there's some funny stories, but like, I'll like point out to Mike at, at like Akbar or something like, that gentleman and I went on three dates uh, during our break. And he's like, wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> he doesn't care at all. So then we got back together 
um, and have been together almost nine years, I think. But we had a five-year break before. A five-year break. Wow. Yeah. And both times, like the first time that you decided to be more than friends and when you got back together, was like, did one of you have the upper hand? Was one of them, you know, it's always a power I, struggle. Every I am not allowed to say that. That I'm not allowed to reveal that information. Um, I, definitely when we got back together, I was like, I think we should get back together. Brene Brown and work I've done in therapy suggests we should try again. And he was like, that's so romantic that your therapist and Brene Brown think we should be together. Wow. What a beautiful pitch. Very sexy. Um, so I had to do some wooing and go to Chicago and, um, but we often joke both all the times we dated the first time and now like you have the power why do you have the power right now like we just are shocked when one of us if someone's like yeah. being a little lovey-dovey and like oh god you're really into me whoa <laughs> it's dangerous yeah don't get too attached ever <laughs> Um, what is the secret sauce of your relationship? Why has it lasted all these years? Ooh. Um, he's very kind. I mean, he's super funny too. Very funny. And when I sometimes want to like bitch and moan about something and I'm seeking a like sincere response, like I understand you and your pain. And then he says something funny. I realize, oh, I wanted that more mm. which now that i say out loud is that unhealthy no no okay good no, like you're what, able to identify it in the moment maybe yeah, not for just, but near yeah so i like i love that and he all one time a friend of ours had told us that her boyfriend would read to her while she took a bath <sighs> and so one night i was like i'm gonna take a bath what are you gonna be reading to me and he said he just like that went my suicide note <laughs> and I, that's a good that's a good bit so that's a good bit. Um, that is a great bit uh do so you want to be that, read to honestly I kind of do i do I, I, you i actually that this is so bougie and gross but the new yorker has a podcast where every week the author of the short story they publish will read it Mm -hmm. And certain authors and voices I just love. And I'm like, ooh, I love the story. And I love, I do like being read to. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Mike, that, yeah, listen no, up. He does Get not want to do that. Yeah. He's not into it. That's, a, that's a, a level of intimacy that for a Catholic person, I will say, is, <laughs> is uh, it possibly a bridge too far. Yes. Yeah. But God oh, bless. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get us a, a, a fourth and hit the courts. Okay. Can we do it? I'm um, ready. I mean, we'll Mike's not going to want to play no, with us. I, we'll, we'll I, I find, if I were him. We'll find someone at our level and maybe Mike and Blair can just coach us. Okay. Great. That'd be great. That would be okay. great. I'm in. We're doing it. We'll get you some braces Yay. for your knees and we'll... we'll <laughs> We'll get it popping. <laughs> okay. If you can handle Mount St. James, you That's can handle true. an hour on the pickleball court. Oh, God. That's um, the mountain our school was on, Matt. Yeah. Mm. Very hilly campus. 
you uh, you come out with a, with a strong calf. Yeah, you do. And yeah. Matt, if you want, once we stop recording, we can keep talking about Holy Cross yeah. for you. I hope for- so. Mm-hmm. Or we can do it. Yeah, no, let's just, yeah. Um, Brian Galvin, thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, guys. This is great.